Hello everybody from Torino and welcome to our first science-related podcast at WIMS, World International School of Torino. I'm Michelle Kearns, your host today, and we will be talking about electromagnetism. To get started, we have Carlo and Isabel giving us some general information about electromagnetic waves and electromagnetic spectrum. Good morning, I'm Carlo. I'm going instead to talk about the electromagnetic spectrum. And now probably you're asking yourself, what is that? But I'm pretty sure that that you at least heard something about it. So the electromagnetic spectrum is all the range of light that exists. So the radio waves, uh, light, x-rays, gamma rays, microwaves that are the ones that you use to it something up then there are infrared and ultraviolet those last ones are at each extreme of frequency that our eyes are able to see between those range of light there is all the other colors like orange green uh, i don't know yellow and those are all the color that we are able to see between red and violet because as I said there are the frequency that our eyes are able to see actually we see the light white with no color because the sum of each of those the sum of each color like blue red everything between red and violet the sum of it is white and when you see something with color, it's because uh, that object or that thing absorb only that. And when something is black or white, it's because or absorb every color or doesn't absorb any. Okay, so now we're going to talk about electromagnetic waves. Uh, these waves are synchronized oscillations of electric and magnetic fields that propagate at the speed of light through a vacuum. The oscillations of the two fields are perpendicular to each other and uh, perpendicular to the direction of energy and wave propagation, which forms a transverse wave. These types of waves can travel through anything Uh, and they are measured by the amplitude, which is the height, and the wavelength, which is the distance between the highest and lowest points of two consecutive waves. Thank you. Now Sarah and Emiliano will be talking about our planet and its magnetic field. Hi everyone, Emiliano and I today will be talking uh, to you guys about the Earth magnetic field. The Earth magnetic field is a gigantic magnetic that protects the planet from space radiation. The Earth is a big magnet and at the North Pole is the top of the magnet and the South Pole is the bottom of the Earth's magnet.
These supples extend with a magnet field with magnet field lines. We can imagine these lines as circles all around the planet, and the group of all of these circles is called the magnetic sphere. The magnetic field protects us especially from the solar wind that are highly charged particles. If there was no magnetic field, they would strip away our atmosphere. The only moment we can see the solar wind is during the aurora boreale. Sun also releases a huge amount of energy that always, thanks to the magnetic field, it does not impact the planet. Scientists think that the Earth's magnetic field is generated by electrical currents flowing in the liquid outer core, deep inside the Earth. These currents move around through a process called convection. This process sets up the currents and the magnetic field. The Earth's magnetic field is what keeps us alive. These invisible energy shields protect us from excess solar radiation and are responsible for beautiful phenomena such as the Northern Lights. I'll tell you about the main function of magnetic fields, starting with the Van Allen belts. Let's make the imagination fly. Now imagine a donut and in the center of it, in the hole, is a small ball. Did you imagine it? Well, this is what the Van Allen belts around the Earth look like. It's one of the rayons of the magnetosphere that traps positive particles and makes them move in the same direction as the poles. Van Allen's inner belt, which is the inner part of our donut, where our planet is the little ball, extends from about 1,000 to 5,000 kilometers above the Earth. The outer belt that is the outset of our donut extends about 50,000 to 20,000 kilometers. An interesting fact about this is that the airplanes and also satellites avoid passing travel here because the radiation from the sun is much higher than a point of the planet. Now let's talk about the magnetic north pole, which is the place when compasses point. This magnetic point doesn't coincide with the geographic north pole. It's deviated and its situation flows according to the currents of the Earth's core. An interesting point is that it's not a fixed point. In recent years, it has moved from Greenland to Canada. From time to time, the poles of the magnetic fields are reversed. The north moves to the south and the south to the north. This event occurs with a low frequency of about 200,000 or 300,000 years, but is highly variable and is not exact. In fact, we have gone 786,000 years without it happening. We know from fossils that before reversing polarity, the magnetic field weakness. The strength of the current one has declined steadily by 15% of about 150 years. So you might expect this big change can occur in a short time, but we don't know when and when it will end. The Earth's magnetic field has many characteristics, but today I will be tackling the three most important ones to know. Firstly, the magnetic field is generated by the dynamo effect. This means that field is generated through the motion of the Earth and charged particles by convection. A second important fact we have that the magnetic field is a bar magnet that is tilted 11 degrees from the Earth. Thin axis. 
Lastly, the magnetic field density varies at different positions. So near the equator and north and south pole, the density is at its lowest. The density can be me measured in Gauss and the aggregate strength of the field uh, in the outer core was measured to be 25 Gauss. And now that we know a bit more about the Earth's magnetic field, let me take you on a field trip with two of our students, Junichi and Alessandro Facto, who left the main campsite at night and got lost in the dense pine trees forest of the Alps. God is here. What's that? So, start to walk. I will explain to you. A compass is like a watch that says to you where you need to go. What? A watch that talks and tells you where you need to go? Yes, and if you want, they can even cook for you. Really? No, June. It's a joke. But how does it work? So, a compass is composed by magnets and a pointer in the middle. It works with uh, magnets that will tell you where, you where north is. Because Earth is covered by mag a magnetic field created with the north and south pole. Ah, okay. I was going to buy one because I'm tired of cooking every day. Okay, skipping this. How does a compass work? So, imagine that I'm a compass. You know that I'm the leader. No. What? You're a leader? Uh, because everything I sell, you will do it. Really? Yes, look. Junichi, go straight. Wow! It's fantastic! One day I will tell you how to do it. By the way, uh, was it clear? Yes, for me, it was clear. I hope we will be clear also for all the audience. And you know that I'm a leader. Really? You skip apart, Jun. Yay! Hello, everybody, and welcome to this section of the podcast. Today, we will be talking about how does electromagnetism influence our lives. We will have Federico Cusmano talking about maglev train, Beatrice Panza about medicine and electromagnetism, Erico Balbo with X-rays and myself with an overview of electromagnetism influencing our health. Shall we begin? Amazing! I read that, that exist trains without rail that go 600 km per hour. They have a strange name, Maglev. Is it a fake or a real new? 
The maglev train is the abbreviation of magnetic levitation, therefore nothing strange as name. They work without a rail but with a central guideway, and without engine and fossil fuel but with electromagnets. Let's understand how do they work. We know that magnets have two poles, north and south. Similar poles of two magnets repel while opposite poles are attracted. Electromagnets become magnetic only when electricity passes through them. In the guideway of the maglev there are a lot of electromagnets. They first rise the train due to the repulsion forces between those in the guideway and in the bottom of the train and then they pull the train from the front and push it from back. The electromagnets on the guideway are powered by controlled alternating currents therefore they bring the train forward. The maglev technology has been fought for future train transportation but so far only China, South Korea and Japan are really implementing it. In China these trains will be produced by 2021. This train is supposed to change the traveling in China. For example from Beijing to Shanghai 4.5 hours by plane and 3.5 with a high speed maglev. We understand the improvement we can get with this new technology because it doesn't use fossil fuels and it goes very fast and allows city to be closer and therefore people. Hello everybody, today I would like to present you the MRA machine and explain to you how it could affect our daily life. An MRA scanner is a machine that can be used to take images of any part of the body. This scanner benefits science because thanks to this machine has been a huge improvement for the study of the brain and the parts of our body in general. This innovation is allowing us to see which part of the body is damaged without the death of the person, think that without this the science were only able to discover after the post-mortem. The machine is made by four resistive magnets that are placed perpendicular to each other to produce a consistent magnet field. It is made by aluminum bands. Without this machine, I think that the mortality of a human will be really high because thanks to this machine the doctors can see if there are some diseases like tumor, anomalies, infections and uh, other things really important that are used to appear and so they can solve them. Without it, I think our daily life will be damaged because uh, we use this kind of technologies daily and thanks to them we save a lot of lives. The only negative thing that this machine could have is that since this machine uses static magnetic field and putting it on a magnetic material may cause unwanted movements of the medical device, so damaging it and burn it. It's a really delicate machine and expensive.
Today I will be talking about radiography, which is an image technique that can be using x-rays, gamma rays, or any other similar ionizing or non-ionizing radiation. What is it used for? Radiography can be used in dental examinations to check that everything is in order. In the verification of correct placements of surgical markers prior to invasive procedures avoiding any complications. Can you be used in mammography? orthopedic evaluation, checking any possible fracture and many other things which have been so useful for us in the last year. It's a genius creation but also with some risk, as it uses radiation and can even read sometimes to develop cancer and cataracts and also can cause disturbance in the normal development of the fetus or embryo. However, it's a very low risk worth to take for being in good health and avoiding major risks. everybody. Today I'll be talking about types of electromagnetic waves and radiation and where they can be found in everyday lives. First of all, we have to know that it is a form of energy that spreads as electric and magnetic waves, which travel in groups of energy called photons or as in light. We come in contact with electromagnetic radiation every day and examples can be found everywhere from communication to cooking and even in medical issues. Let's start with the first most visible type which is visible light waves. This type obtains what our eyes perceive as clear and observable. They can be also artificial and give color to objects. Light waves help proper biological functioning and stable mental health in humans and also photosynthesis in plants. Another example are radio waves used in communication. They give many benefits but are still harmful, even though it isn't still scientifically proven. There are also infrared waves, which are invisible to human eye but emit heat. They can be found in heaters and long-term exposure can produce cellular degeneration. Ultraviolet rays come from light from the sun. If you expose yourself to strong ultraviolet rays, you risk sunburns, cellular damage and skin cancer. X-rays waves are dangerous for human health. They can easily penetrate soft tissue, which is the reason why it is used in medical field, obviously at minimum levels to prevent damage. Long-term exposure can lead to high risk of developing cancer. And finally, we have gamma rays that can penetrate any type of material and are used to sterilize food and medical equipment and sometimes are used also to kill cancer cells. Long-term exposure can be very dangerous. In fact, they can destroy living cells, produce gene mutation, and also cause cancer. But when did all this start? Who were the first scientists researching about this topic? I will take you on another field trip, but this time we'll travel back in time to 1820, when the Danish scientist Hans Christian Ørsted was preparing a lecture for his students.
you very much for listening and I hope that you have a nice day.